0: four,
1: three, two, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm J.D. Layton.
2: I'm Emily Moshek.
1: Only on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. Hello and welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show. I'm your host, J.D. Layden, one of two news directors here at 90.5 KCSU. I'm joined in studio by my co-host,
0: Emily Moshak,
1: as well as our reporters,
0: Katie Otter and Ren Watsworth.
1: And we're glad to have you back, Katie, after your surgery. We missed out on uh, on having you for a while.
3: Oh, thank you very so it's, much. It's
1: good It's good to hear the voice back in the booth.
3: Oh, it's good to be back.
1: But boy, oh boy, do we have a jam-packed show for y'all tonight. <laughs> news coming out of our ears. It's its the season for news and
2: Indeed, we're going to have a rodeo feature coming up, which will give you all the details that you need to know about the CSU Rodeo this weekend, as well as an inside look at the debates going on around the ASCSU elections, as well as an interview with a certain famous country star who you just might know.
1: What's his name again? Is it...
2: Hunter Hayes? Hayes, yeah, so oh, I think wow. you better stick around for that.
1: Well, I can't wait, but to start us off, we're going to go ahead and hand the mic over to Ren Wadsworth for our local news.
0: Alrighty, I'm Ren Wadsworth and this is your local news. If you've ever wanted to own or adopt your very own tree, you're in luck. J.C. Marmaduke from the Coloradoan reports that Fort Collins is selling 200 trees for the low, low price of $25. Residents in Fort Collins can buy the trees and reserve them for pickup on May 18th. The sale is part of Fort Collins Community Canopy Program in partnership with the Arbor Day Foundation. Unfortunately, you can't buy a whole forest with this deal, and residents are limited to only one tree per household. However, you can choose between the available tree types. Currently, the sale offers cap- catapala, burr oak, hackberry, greenspire, linden, Princeton elm, chantelier pear, and schumard oak. Additionally, you can choose to buy your own fir e-friend. Uh, the site where you purchase the trees offers a guide for the best place to plant your own tree for the maximum energy savings and environmental impact. For more information, visit fcgov.com/canopytree. Uh, Speaking of trees, News 9 reports they may be in dire danger from a predator known as the emerald ash borer. The emerald ash borer is a type of beetle that can grow only from the inside of ash trees. As the larvae develop, they burrow deeper into the trees, causing substantial damage to the tree's health and growth. Infected trees will not show signs for two to three years. These beals have spread over to over 20 states and scientists and tree owners alike prayed they wouldn't resurface in Colorado. However, their prayer was in vain as they have now been confirmed to be in Longmont, Colorado. The Agriculture Department in Colorado says that Boulder has approximately 98,000 ash trees and the city of Denver has nearly 1.5 million. The, th- the threat is so serious the city of Boulder is currently under quarantine. The city of Fort Collins is currently, is already taking preventative measures by removing some city-owned ash trees and replacing them with different species of trees. Colorado State University entomologists urge homeowners to keep a close eye on their trees and keep an eye out for the telltale D-shaped holes the beetles make when they exit the tree. A treatment can be applied to trees every two years to prevent the beetles from burrowing into the trees. Wayne Heilman from the Gazette reports that the Colorado Springs area unemployment rate is right back where it started after rising three consecutive months to a three-and-a-half-year high in February. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reported Wednesday the rate dropped from 46 to 3.9% in February because about 2,400 were, who were looking for work left the labor force, while the number holding jobs dropped by just 124 people. Unemployment rates fell sharply in February in all of Colorado's metropolitan arrows between 0.5% points and 0.8 percentage points, with Fort Collins the lowest at 2.7% and Pueblo the highest at 5%. Colorado's jobless rate remained unchanged in February at 3.7%. If you enjoy covers of popular songs in the classic style of the 50s, swing and jazz, you might enjoy the music of postmodern jukebox. If you're unsure about the music, musical stylings, you are in luck because Ellen Fike from the Wyoming Tribune-Eagle report they are coming to Fort Collins. This internet sensation, led by Scott Bradley, will be making their debut in, in Fort Collins on April 5th in the Lincoln Center as part of their 2019 tour. CBS's Forge and Thomas reports on how about how forgotten student fees at CSU have allowed thousands of dollars towards updating CSU's architecture. Years of student fees are resurfacing at Colorado State University after an excess fund was found. Student governments learned more more than about $800,000 of student fees from now alumni had stockpiled in an account that went untapped. Tristan Siron, the current student body president at CSU, said the money came from previous allocations and rollover cash from conservative spending in previous years. He stated that previous presidents have kept the money in a rainy day account, but he is more inclined to give back to the students with the rollover money by improving the campus for the students who currently attend the school. Siron stated, you pay all this tuition, all this money, and student fees, you should see the benefit of it in the year which you are at the school. After fees, rest, uh, restrictions, and paying outstanding debts, the fund will have about $3,000 available for spending. The last time money was available in that access, ASCSU had the Rolling Stones perform at CSU. And while this would be a popular choice among students, siren says he is more concerned with making a lasting impact on the lives of students. One of his biggest considerations was addressing a dangerous pedestrian intersection where bikes, skateboards, those on foot, and vehicles all meet. Siron states this area is like Death Central, where everyone is getting hit, Siron said. We've had several students get hit by a bike. Many students on campus were asked how they would spend the money given the chance and many said they would increase parking on campus. However, since one of the larger parking lots on campus was recently demolished in order to build a new stadium, the chances of more parking on campus is up in the air. Miles Bloomhart from the Colorado Inn reports that a 24-year-old 24, 24 man died in a vehicle rollover crash that took place in northeast Fort Collins on Monday evening. The crash took place on an intersection of LeMay and Lincoln Avenues, about 7 p.m. when officials were notified. It has been released that the Ford pickup truck was traveling south on LeMay Avenue and it crossed the intersection on Lincoln Avenue. The truck continued moving to the southwest corner of Lincoln and rolled one time, ejecting the driver from the truck uh, and the vehicle. Following the crash, the man suffered from serious injuries and was immediately transported to a nearby hospital where he died. No name has been released, but the Laramie County Coroner's Office plans to release the deceased identity after next of can have been notified. According to the Coloradoan record, this is the sixth vehicle fatality in Laramie County this year, alone with the last occurring Saturday morning, resulting in the death of a 22 year old man. That's all I have for you with the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Ren Watsworth.
1: And thank you for that, Ren. You know what blows my mind is the fact that you can just use, lose $800,000.
2: I know. Mm-hmm. That's, That's crazy. A little sketchy, but I hope somehow we find new parking on CSU's campus. <laughs> that
1: would be my dream come true. But I will
2: say, though, the bike issue does scare me. It I have does. almost gotten run over by a bike multiple times. Uh, I, you know,
3: uh, let me interject real quick, if I may. A lot of people bike distracted. A lot of people are texting and biking, is what <laughs> I've noticed on it's this campus. True. And it causes accidents. And I talk about it on my show all the time. People need to stop texting and biking. I
1: agree. Fair enough. Well, We've got a special feature coming for you for everything you need to know about the rodeo coming up. So keep that dial locked only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.
4: The Colorado State Rodeo Club is one of the oldest clubs that CSU has to offer. They perform every rodeo event possible barrels holes and everything in between this club has it all today we have the vice president rachel jackson to talk to us about the nitty-gritty details on the sport me what exactly is the rodeo club?
5: So the rodeo club is under club sports here at CSU and basically it's just an organization of kids around campus who are interested in rodeo. They don't have to have competed before. They don't have to have a horse. Basically it's just kids who know what it is and who are passionate about it and like being around it and maybe don't have a chance to do it anywhere else. We've had kids who have Come from a background of ranching and rodeoing their whole lives. We've had kids who have literally never even been close to a horse before. So it's a pretty special organization just because it really does introduce a wide variety of
4: kids to what rodeo and Western lifestyle really is. Okay, so how long has the club been around?
5: So the rodeo club is the oldest club on CSU's campus. It actually started in 1950. We were the first organized club on campus. And it's the oldest college rodeo in the entire nation. So we were the first club to be recognized by the National Collegiate Rodeo Association. And we're, we've always been entirely student-run and operated. OK, that's awesome. So how many members do you have currently? So currently, we have around 40 kids in the club. Some kind of come and go. Others are much more consistent. We have around 15 to 16 that travel to compete, uh, mostly females. Right now, we're hoping to grow our male population in the next few years uh, with our growing program. And then we have our main coach, Brandon Ferguson, who is volunteer. A women's coach, Dami Johnson, who is also volunteer. And we have a swap for an assistant coach still available.
4: Okay, great. So for those who don't know, can you name off some of the rodeo events and maybe describe one or two of them in detail?
5: So the college rodeos are pretty cool because they include a lot of women's events that professional rodeos don't. So we have, for women, we have the goat tying, the breakaway roping, the barrel racing, and the mixed team roping. And then we also, of course, have our rough stock events for boys, bronx, and bulls. Team roping, like I said, mixed team roping, steer wrestling, calf tying. But yeah, I mean, it's a full rodeo. Um, so for example, for like the women's barrel race, three barrels in a cloverleaf pattern, um, get around them as fast as you can. For the steer wrestling, we have a hazer in one shoot, in one box and steer wrestler in the other box. They nod their heads, steer comes running out. The hazer keeps the steer as close to the steer wrestler as possible and he jumps off his horse and can wrestle the steer to the ground. We also have the team roping, so a header and a healer, the header in the header's box, healer's in the healer's box. Nod their heads, steer comes out, header ropes the head of the steer, healer ropes the back two feet. Most of the events in rodeo are timed events, so fastest time wins. College rodeos also take an average, so your time in the long go, and then if you're top ten in the long go, you go to the short go. Your time in the short go will be your average placement. Uh, we do win checks in college rodeo so usually top three bull checks so it's really exciting it's a lot of fun to watch it's very high energy sport and then of course everyone loves the rough stock we have the bareback riding the bronc riding saddle bronc
4: riding and bull riding which are pretty (laughs) self-explanatory i think everybody's seen that at least once right right so um so what is your officer position and what does your position do
5: So I am the 2018-2019 vice president. I am very, very lucky to have gotten this position. It was a tough race last year. Basically what I do is I'm a little bit of in the position of disciplinarian, just kind of making sure everyone's kind of, you know, holding up their end of the deal. We don't have a whole lot of responsibilities to be team members, but just showing up and helping out and making sure you're dressed for practice and keeping your grades up and that type of thing for competing members. And then a big thing, my biggest thing is probably running the banquet during CSU Skyline Stampede. So basically I'm in charge of putting together vendors and making sure that we have food and decorations and being in charge of who's coming and making sure that the alumni are all accounted for and it's been a big 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 process but it's been a lot of fun and it's been a really great experience for me especially because I am pretty interested in event planning myself. I'm also in charge of our hospitality room which is going to be upstairs in Atkins during the rodeo for competitors and judges and coaches and and that kind of thing for them to come and eat during the rodeos but really we're all kind of all hands on deck all the time so anywhere where I can fill in, you know, is kind of where I try to step in and be as helpful as I can and make sure we have enough kids doing their jobs and making sure things are kind of going as smoothly as easily and easily as possible and really helping Erica. She's our president, she's wonderful. Making sure that kind of the things that she doesn't quite have time for, I can kind of pick up the slack for her and it really is a team effort. So the whole office, our team has been really great this year and We've had a lot of work to do, and I think we've done a pretty good job covering all of
4: it. Yeah, that's awesome. So
5: how many days a week does the team practice? So we share the arena with the Legends of Ranching, um, the classes, and the polo team. So the rodeo team gets to practice two days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. On Tuesdays, we rope and buck bowls. And then Thursdays, we run barrels, and some of the girls tie goats, and we break away ropes. So it, we try to divide up the time as easily as possible. Dami Johnson, like I said, our women's coach, comes on Thursdays and really helps the barrel racers. That's most of the girls on the team run barrels. And so we come and we get to work the pattern and the, the ground is always worked up and it's a good time for us to kind of keep an eye on each other and help each other out and it's nice to get to see everyone and, and kind of be a team for those couple of hours. So practice starts at 8. We kind of switched around with polo a little bit so that we could get some longer time in the arena just because it takes us so long to load stock and set barrels and all that. We switched with polo and so now we practice from 8 until usually about
4: midnight or more It's a
5: late night. Yeah, yeah,
4: for sure. So how many rodeos do you guys have a semester and where are they?
5: So we have five rodeos in the spring semester and five rodeos in the fall semester. Most of our rodeos are in Wyoming, um, our farthest one being Sheridan, which is about, I think it's like six hours. Um, And then we have Torrington, Casper, Gillette, all of those. We have one in in Shadja, Nebraska, and then CSU's rodeo and then we have one down south in Lamar.
4: Okay, right on. So can you tell me a little bit about the Colorado State Rodeo Club 2 million by 2020?
5: So our 2 million by 2020 is our endowment campaign and basically we created it with the help of our biggest sponsor, Discount Tire, Nikki Holly, who is the wife of the CEO, has helped us create this endowment in order to ensure the prosperity of the club. So our current balance in there right now is 25000 it's been ever growing since she first since we first put that money in there and basically uh, what will happen is we'll get a six percent return on investment and so that money will kind of generate back into the program so that we can make sure uh, over longer periods of time that we're being able to continue to grow the program we will be able to hire a full-time coach Brandon is so amazing. He dedicates so much time to us, but he's only a volunteer. We're not able to pay him. We just don't have funding right now. So we're hoping to be able to with Brandon's help, find somebody that we can pay that will be full-time coach, stock that's all ours. We share our stock right now with Legends of Ranching and the classrooms, which is great because it's really a cost cut for us. But having our own stock to be able to practice with would be amazing. Maybe getting some more, allotted some more practice time somewhere else that we can pay for, just things that will really help the program grow and help draw kids to our program to, to help us, not only in like the regional standings, but just as an ad college in general. You know, a lot of kids that do come from rodeo backgrounds that come to CSU, but they're hesitant to join because we don't have a lot of the things that schools with more developed programs have in order to recruit kids for those reasons.
4: So I know like earlier you mentioned the Skyline Stampede and that it's coming up this weekend. How much everybody's time goes into putting on this rodeo?
5: Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's our biggest event of the year. It's kind of the legacy of every officer team every year. You know, how your Skyline Stampede goes when you're an officer is how we're going to remember you because it is the biggest time. us. I mean, it's everybody. I mean, kids that we haven't seen for the first week, we're calling them, asking them to come help because it is just wild. I mean, you don't realize how much goes behind a rodeo production until you're planning one, you know? And I mean, we got to get stock contractors and judges and make sure we're communicating with 13 other teams in the region and their coaches. and. We gotta get stalls built and we have to make sure that we have an announcer and we have concession stands and t-shirt sales and I mean, the list is endless. Um, And so we try to break it up by committee, make sure that there are people who are outside while people are pulling trailers in, working parking, to like I said, my hospitality room upstairs. I've got girls up there, hands on, all weekend long. You know, and then you know we're running stock through multiple times a day, we've got kids on that. We've got kids working behind the shoots. I mean it is just, I mean there's no area of the equine center that does not need our health right. on that weekend. Right. Um, and and it really is, it's, it's a production, and lots of people come and they expect to see a show because that's what we've done, you know, this is the 69th annual Skyline Stampede, so for the last almost 70 years we have put on a production. And I expect that. We're a big college and we have the ability to do so. It's so fun and we ha- the Sundance sponsors a after-party every year and it is just after all of the blood, sweat and tears <laughs> that we put in for that weekend to get and go and hang out as a team and with our friends all around the region and kind of take that deep breath afterwards, it's, it is such a good time and I wouldn't trade it for anything. And. My chance for students, so last year was my first year getting to be hands on to put on the production and, and I just knew that this year I had to be an officer because <laughs> I was like, This is crazy and I love it. Right, so. right. It
4: sounds really rewarding though. Oh
5: yeah. Oh yeah, it's
4: a great time. It really is. So what are the dates and the performance times of the rodeo?
5: So we are rodeoing the fifth through the seventh fifth. Slack will start uh, kind of in the afternoon. Performances both nights at seven o'clock. Yeah, so the short goal will be at 11 o'clock. And like I said, that's the top 10 in each event. We'll go to Sunday short round. You can expect to see like Malik there. She is a barrel racer on our team that has won the region. For the last two years, she's amazing. We are so blessed and honored to have on our team. And I'm sure tons of other girls will make it too. Our barrel racers in particular have just skyrocketed right over the last year. We've got some really great competitive girls. We've got some competitive girls in the breakaway roping that I'm expecting to see. Ferris Smith has been just killing it. The breakaway roping, her and Akai and the team roping have made it back a few times. We were really just growing competitively, not only at internally as a team but competitively as a team in and outside the arena. Brandon has talked about, lots of coaches in our region have commented on how much we've grown
4: as a team, and we have a lot to be proud of, so we're really excited. Yeah, that's, really awesome. that's awesome, that's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with Absolutely. me and taking the time, and thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. We hope to see everybody at the 69th Annual Skyline Stampede.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host JD Layton, joined in studio by my co-host
2: Emily Maschek,
1: as well as our two reporters,
2: Katie Otter and Ren Wattsworth.
1: I don't know about y'all, but I certainly feel like I know a great deal more about the Rodeo Club mm-hmm. now.
2: Indeed, yeah, it'll be this weekend, and I actually had the opportunity to visit the Equine Center, which is where they're having it. And it is a very cool place filled with lots of cute horses. So I'm Ooh. excited. <laughs>
1: That was what you were after, was the horses, right?
2: Well, yeah. I feel like that's that's what rodeos are for, maybe.
1: Fairly enough, <laughs> but we're going to shift gears a little bit. And Ren, I believe you have a, uh, another little update on a s c s u for us.
0: I do about and, the elections.
1: Right. So keep that dial locked, and we'll dive right on into that. Only here on ninety point five KCSU Fort Collins.
0: If you've ever wondered where your student fees are going, or have wanted to become more involved with student government, you can now vote for the next president and vice president of the Associated Students of Colorado State University. The debate held in the plaza officially marks the start of the race for both president and vice president of ASCSU, but also the next student body president and vice president as well. Students gathered in front of the Lori Student Center to witness the debate and show their support for different candidates. This year, there are five pairs in the running for President and Vice President, Dominic Cantana and Ali Amar, Flint Corliss and Matt Mount, Joshua Johnson and Joshua Griffin, Benjamin Amundsen and Alex Farias, and Samuel Brown and Madison Taylor. Additionally, Connor Hendrick is currently running unopposed for Speaker of the Senate on a platform that aims to make people more aware of who and what ASCSU does and aims to get more student involvement with it as well.
6: The role of the Speaker of the Senate
1: is not only to lead Senate, but also lead the voice of, of CSU as a
0: whole. After a brief recess, and a crowd had started to form, each presidential partnership was questioned about their campaign and spoke about issues they said they would focus on should they be elected. Horless amount Mount want to ensure that self-care is a priority at CSU and want to make sure student voices are heard. They want communication between the Senate and the student body to increase through creating an environment where students feel safe to express their opinions and concerns, and additionally want to utilize RamWeb to increase this communication.
1: When we're searching for a cabinet, we're actually going to email every club asking for them to apply to try to get every uh, organization to reach their networks so that way our application can get out to the most amount of people.
0: Changing U-Plus-2 and opening student fee decisions up to the student body is the platform Braun and Taylor ran on. They plan to make the student-wide vote a reality through referendum and say they have lots of pull towards making U-Plus-2 pass in City Council because of actions of members in their party in the past, and their determination to only elect City Council members who agree with U-Plus-2.
4: We're excited to be here. We're just getting started. We still have two more weeks of this and we are pumped. We are so excited to talk to students, listen, about, uh, listen to their feedback, all the things they have to say, all the things they want to uh, change at CSU. So to the student body, you can bet on Braun Taylor for a better tomorrow.
0: Johnson and Griffin are running a platform of transparency between students and the Senate. They plan to make students more aware of decisions made in Senate through online platforms and a free app called J2 for you. The app would allow the Presidency and Senate members to hear student voices and opinions and act upon it as representatives of the students.
7: If elected, Josh Griffin and I have spent our time talking to the students who aren't heard already, and now we can bring it to you on this
1: bigger scale with that app I told you about, j for You.
0: Changing parking on campus and changing the, the U-plus-2 law, 2 law are two of Amundsen and Nefarious' main concerns.
1: They plan to, to, change, parking to, the to change, change parking to by
0: expecting freshmen to ride the, the bus, eliminate freshmen parking, and giving the freshmen parking spaces to commuters instead. Additionally, they plan to change U-plus-2 by continuing to work with city council members to get it changed.
1: We're not here to pander, to go to a certain group and make them like us. We're just here to be ourselves and we hope that people believe in us.
0: Quintanar and Amar want ASCSU to be a resource for the students. The partnership wants to become more engaged with the student body in order to make the senate more aware of student issues. Their campaign runs with an emphasis on expanding awareness regarding inclusivity and diversity and plans to make this a reality by offering students and staff training to make CSU a more diverse and welcoming environment. This
6: is about the future of CSU and our platforms are the future and the change for all of students. If you're around. You're the future, you're CSU, and I want y'all to know Quintana and Amar will really get our campus far.
0: All the candidates will have their final public debate on April 3rd in the Lorie Student Center Theater, and campaigning will continue until April 10th when voting will begin on Ramweb. For more information on the candidates and ASCSU, visit thecollegian.com. With the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm Ren Wadsworth.
1: And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host JD Layton. I'm joined in studio by
2: Emily Moshek.
1: my co-host, as well as our reporters
0: Katie Otter and Ren Wattsworth.
1: Now, thank you for that update on ASCSU. There's Absolutely. a lot going on there with U plus two. You mm-hmm. know, finding all that money, the election cycle's going on. Everybody seemed to be vying for their position right there all Right,
2: yeah Indeed, definitely important to get educated and luckily mm-hmm. we've got it all here on the review
0: yeah they all have some very good things going for them and some very good policies they're trying to implement
1: personally i'm always fond of the slogans that they come up with <laughs> yeah those uh I, I you know i always wonder that if they spend more time on that than they do their actual policies always curious Can't. but that's just me <laughs> now i believe we have Something coming up with a, you know, a country star that has a few fans.
2: Yeah, Hunter Hayes. You might have heard of him. Yeah, he seems like a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he is a big star. And our reporter, Allison Tackett, had the opportunity to interview him. And we will have that coming up for you after the break.
1: After the break. So keep that dial locked only here on 90.5 KCSU for Collins.
4: Today we welcome the five-time Grammy nominee, Hunter Hayes. How are you?
6: I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. How are you?
4: I'm good. I'm good. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous.
6: Really? Yeah.
4: I'm like one of like your biggest fans. I remember, you know, jamming out to some of your music ever since I was like a little girl and just all my friends and stuff. We just love you.
6: Aw, well, thank you. I appreciate that.
4: Yeah, yeah, of course. So I've done some research on you, and something that came up that was really interesting to me was that you play 30
6: instruments. Is this true? I mean, okay, let me explain. (laughs) So um, it sounds glorious, um, and I think it's my process. I call it splattering paint, because when I'm in the studio, which I'm actually sitting in my studio right now, um, when I'm here... um, it's kind of like, it's a safe place. Nobody can hear what we're working on. Nobody knows when we're working. Nobody knows what we're working on. Right. So it's always, um, it's always a safe place to just try everything. And for me, as I'm working on something, if I hear something that I want to try, you know, for instance, there was a steel part on one of the first first tracks on the debut record. Um, and I'd never played steel before, but because I live in a studio, I can just fail until I get it right. So that's kind of my my, my way of, learning things is, uh, yeah, I fail and I totally miserably um, mess it up until we get something that we're happy with and then at that point it's obviously part of the record. So it's not really a, I'm not really proficient at a bunch of stuff. I just, yeah, I just like trying things in the studio and just seeing what happens and and, um, yeah, I guess our spirit is you just, yeah, just keep failing until you succeed.
4: (laughs) Right, right, exactly. So is there something that you haven't tried that you want to?
6: Totally. I would love to be a like masterful violin player, okay. I would give anything to be able to arrange string parts um, and actually do them on the record. Because right now, I just I I cannot. I've never gotten along with a violin. The Last violin I tried to play, like that, I I tuned it up one like one night, went to bed, woke up the next morning, and it literally fell apart overnight. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but it was like a sign from God to just give it up. So he was like, eh, life, "Maybe I'll, not this I'll one." Get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay
4: yeah. okay so my next question is one of your biggest hits and most popular song is the song wanted what was the inspiration behind the song
6: um i was literally just desperately trying to get out of friend zone <laughs> um i was hardcore friend zone and i was trying to just yeah i was trying to i thought you know she was really into big romantic grand gestures and 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 like movie moments So i was like okay i'll write a song that's that's a grand thing right Let's, Right. us right. it was seemed like a good idea at the time and looking back it was it was a touch douchey but um, <laughs> but I wrote the song and I demoed it like two days later I wrote it with my buddy Troy and and demoed it I think maybe on that Friday or something um, and and I, I had it ready and I played it for her and she didn't get the hint so it was a total lost cause on, on that side but uh, but I got my first number one out of it, so, you know. Yeah, learned, did you think that it was going to get, day.
4: like, that big? I mean, I'm assuming as, like, a recording artist, you just hope that some of your music is going to get as big as it did. But, like, did you expect that yeah. from that song?
6: I, I Honestly, I thought it was too, like, I, I didn't think they'd let me cut it. I thought when I wrote it, I was like, this is way too mushy. Like, they're going to hate this. I just <laughs> thought I was, I just saw this, this thing play out in my mind where I take it to the label. And I, I, I played it for them, and they're like, ah, it's too, ah, it's too much, man. It's too much sugar. And uh, I just figured that, you know, if it was too sweet or too mushy or whatever, um, that it just wasn't going to make the album. And I was dead wrong. And I'm okay with being wrong. I'm totally okay. With it. <laughs> right. And uh, I hope it happens more often in the future. But, yeah.
4: Exactly, exactly. So, um, can you tell me what got you into the music industry?
6: That's a great question. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I just kind of got, got into it. I, I, when I was, you know, I got, my first instrument was an accordion. Okay. I was two. I don't remember this at all, but I've I heard the story so I can recite it. But um, <clears throat> but I got given it my first toy accordion when I was two. And then I think it was a drum kit when I was five. And I don't know, I just, I loved making music. I, I fell in love with making music through the accordion, but then I found the guitar. The guitar was a, a, a birthday gift, actually, when I was six. And I never put it down. That that became like my thing. I wanted, really wanted to do that. Um, and I just, I don't know. It just became a happy place. I was always happy making. I am still always happy making music. And um, it was a place where I felt like I could, you know, be myself. Um, still, it's a place where I feel like I can, I can be myself. It's, it's funny because like I'm naturally kind of a shy anti, not anti-social necessarily, but I'm, I'm very to myself in a lot of ways. But when I'm on stage, that's where I feel like I can. I can I can be myself, and it's just, it's, it's, it's all the opposite thing, but it just, that's where everything in my life makes sense. So I just, I don't know. Yeah, I was lucky to find it before. I was lucky to find the thing that I'm passionate about um, and, and, and sneak by the threshold of, of it going from a dream to people, you know, questioning if it can be a reality. You know, I, I never experienced the, well, I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't know if that's a career thing, I all I experienced was that I loved it, I loved doing it, and um, and I was encouraged. My parents were very supportive, and um, and just kind of let me believe that that could be my career.
4: Right, right. And I feel like you're like very original. Like, but do you have any artists or bands or anybody that you look up to or are inspired by?
6: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I literally spent all night last night watching 1975 concerts on YouTube. Um, you know, I I and I go through these phases every. Couple of months, I find something new, and I love the study of music. So, you know, it'll be probably for the next thirty days, all I'll listen to is nineteen seventy five, and that's kind of the cycle that I go in. I I I see something, and typically it starts with something live. Typically, I go to a concert of a band that I kind of know but don't really know. Um, I do love walking into a show without knowing any of the music. Um, For me, it, it 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 almost makes it better because it's all discovery. It's just you have all these things that you're finding at once, and then you get to live out the show for the rest of your life listening to that music. Um, and uh, I, I, last year it was like it was a U2 phase. I've always been a big u fan, but last year I just fell in love with their most recent records at the show. And yeah, it was just, you know, it, it, like it was the, the year was, I think, that uh, was U2, and then it was the that 1975 record that came out last year. Then it was uh, 21 Pilots for like two months and then it was, uh, well, first it was the Maroon 5, but anyway, so all that said, I'm, I'm heavily influenced by everything, but I love listening to albums and trying to figure out what I like most about it, and then once I figure that out, I love trying to try to trace down, okay, well, why does that make me feel that good, and why do I love it, right, and then then it, it, it gets sort of internalized, and it goes into the music that you make, uh, not in a sort of copycat kind of way, but in a... I loved that sound. What would I do with it? You know, versus just, oh, we should do that like so-and-so. It's just like, yeah, but what? let's find the way that we use it in the way that we like it. You know?
4: Right. Right. Exactly. So off of that note, like if you could collab with anybody, like who would it be and why?
6: I would give anything to do something with 21 Pilots. Okay. I'm a huge fan of theirs and, um, and have been for, for, you know, for, for a minute and, I don't know. I just love, like, I loved, you know, blurry face and all the all the topics that they bring up. I just i am fascinated by that.
4: Right, right. Okay, so can you tell me, what is, like, an average day in the life of Hunter Hayes?
6: You know, I wish there was an average day, because then <laughs> I could get myself together and feel like a grown-up. Um, yeah, it's, it's all over the map. There's, you know, show days are one thing. Days at home um, aren't really off days. They're kind of they're kind of nuts. Uh, typically, every now and then I'll I'll do myself a favor and just shut shut off everything and just chill. Um, but it's yeah, show days are probably the, the most consistent, and that's you know we travel through the night and but that's boring. Everybody to hear about that. Um, I don't know. I just when I'm home, um, I really enjoy being down here in the basement. This is the the studio area that I speak of, and I just love working on stuff down here. This is kind of my happy place. Um, or I'm just chilling on the couch with the dogs, catching up on, right. well, soon to we'll be catching up on Game of Thrones. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just binge-watching something.
4: Okay, okay. And you currently, are, are you living in Nashville?
6: Yeah, yes. Okay. okay. been here, it'll be 11 years uh, when this May comes around, and I love it here. I'm just, I'm so happy here. The people have always been great. It's a great city.
4: Uh-huh oh yeah for sure I've definitely I've been there once or twice myself and I definitely have fallen in love for sure. Um, so is there any place like in Nashville that you perform?
6: Um, yeah there's I mean we have so many venues here it's just it's insane um, and we you know we we've've played at a lot of them uh, come to think of it. Um, cause there's all kinds of cool stuff like basement East and East Nashville is a really cool club that a lot of my friends do like fundraiser type shows at. And, um, so we were there, you know, once or twice a, a, a year, maybe more. Um, we do, uh, I got to play with a buddy of mine at third and Lindsay not too long ago, really cool club. The Ryman, we have the Ryman obviously, we have Grand Ole Opry house, we have Bridgestone arena, um, I mean, there's so many historical venues. Bluebird Cafe is one of my favorite little tiny, tiny rooms where you know four songwriters will come and sit in a circle facing each other and the rest of the room hears them tell stories about the songs that they've written and why they wrote it and what it's about, what it's actually about, you know, and <clears throat> I just there's there's so many just really, really, really golden venues in this town. Um, and they're all different. They all serve something very, very unique.
4: Right, right, for sure. So, I understand that you are coming to Denver pretty soon. Would you like to give us a little information on that tour?
6: Yeah, well, the Closer to You tour is, um, I mean, we're always excited about being on the road, and obviously, every time you hear an artist talk about a tour, they're excited, but this is something totally different for me, because... You know, it's been a while. It's been three years or so. You know, I've been working on this record for a long time, and and I ended up scratching everything at the beginning of last year and starting over. So it took even longer than it should have. But, um, but that's the that's the thing about this tour is that it's not just us going out on the road. Um, this is the first chance that I get to introduce this album to the world, and um, and introduce everybody to what what you know what what's happened as of the life that's been lived, and and uh, and share these stories with everybody, and and. Just more importantly, just I feel like this is the, the the most me that's ever been in the music that I've made, and now I get to tour with this music. So you can imagine that it's not just another tour for me. It's 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 kind of a it's a it's a bit of a reset in a lot of ways personally, and um, and for me it's a it's 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 a proper introduction. You know, people who have been to our shows before um, will feel a familiarity, but at the same time, um, I think this is just a totally new chapter, and you can you can feel it in the music.
4: Right, right. That's awesome. Okay, so if you can pick one song off of the album, if that's even possible, do you have one that's like your absolute favorite?
6: It, it kind of depends on the day. Like, it depends on what, you know, situational awareness, you know, just knowing, you know, where I'm at, what's, what's going on in my life or whatever. It, it changes, you know, like the day. I'd probably, there's a song that's not out yet that I actually can't, <laughs> can't yeah, talk okay. about. But, yeah, yeah, for um, sure, for sure. But I, Heartbreak, Heartbreak strikes a chord with me every day, though, because it's, it's um, because the album's full of mystery, but it's also a very optimistic record, and, um, and I feel like Heartbreak kind of in, embodies that. I would say if I had to pick one, it would probably be between Heartbreak and uh, and a song called Madness that that isn't out yet. That we might or might not play at the show. Okay. <laughs> the only hand I can give.
4: Okay. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to me. I really appreciate it. And best to luck for your tour.
6: Thank you so much. No, it was great to talk to you. I really appreciate the time. Thank you.
4: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I hope you have a great day.
6: Thank you. You too. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>
1: and welcome back to the rocky mountain review i'm your host jd Leighton. i'm joined in studio by my co-host
3: emily moschak
1: as well as our reporters
3: katie otter and ren watsworth
0: as
1: well as our sports director ray mcgowan now ray yes i believe you have some sport updates for us
7: yes i do uh not too much, but we're going to focus on, on a single team right now, the Colorado State softball team. They are on a tear, winning 18 straight games in a row. And tomorrow they they have their first game against any conference opponent, the San Jose State Spartans. The San Jose State Spartans are going to be a true challenge for Colorado State as the Spartans have won 15 out of their 16 last games and currently are in second place of the Mountain West with a 25 to 10 record, five and one in conference. Right above them, of course, is Colorado State, who's having a fantastic season, one of the best seasons that the Mountain West has seen since the 1980s. The Rams are currently 27 and four this season, uh, and are and are the have the second largest game winning streak, only behind. Oklahoma, who's on a 22-game winning streak at the moment. Of course, Colorado State leads the nation in doubles, averaging over two doubles per game, having 74 on the season so far. They also average over seven runs per game and have hit a whopping 45 home runs this season, which is uh, definitely a plus, scoring all those runs over seven per game. Uh, The Rams are in the top 25 in the nation for softball and are currently ranked 23rd in the softball america rankings and they're getting a lot of votes especially from the usa today poll as well as the nfca coaches poll which are one of the two biggest polls that teams really strive to be for uh, to be a part of Uh, every single person on the team is batting uh, over 25 percent and has at least one home run, which is doing a fantastic job for an all-around effort. Uh, a lot of players on the CSU team have continued to state how uh, for their team, it's always just a all-around team effort, both defensively uh, from every position as well as offensively, uh, scoring in runs and allowing to set up opportunities for other players really to, to bring it in and really succeed. They have so far won 10 games due to the Uh, win-run rule, which is if you have over five runs uh, over a certain amount of innings for an opponent, then they automatically forfeit that game. So they're on a tear and are looking to continue their uh, winning streak into conference play and are looking forward to to really continue to be at the top of the Mountain West in terms of against the San Jose State Spartans as well as other Mountain West opponents. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, they are playing again the San Jose State Spartans tomorrow, the first game of their three-game series. It will continue to keep you updated only here at 90.5 KCSU for Collins.
1: 23 out of the top 25 that's pretty that's pretty crazy. That's
7: that's pretty good This is the second team this season for CSU to be ranked in the top 25 for their sport The first team was last semester the women's volleyball team was ranked 23rd and that was their highest ranking last semester So the CSU softball team has a goal to just get at least one more spot higher than them and are looking to continue that winning streak Maybe even go even higher right now They're looking to be the best team right now this year for Colorado State
2: that's awesome. The Rams are gonna go out with a bang this season, it yeah, looks good. like I like yeah, that.
7: It's 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 very exciting. It's it's a lot of fun watching uh, uh, this team really dominate and play, especially here on campus and watching them work together as a team and, and bring a sport uh, to the public eye that that on in all honesty deserves to be noticed uh, more often and should be reported on more often.
1: Well, that's why we have you, Ray McGowan, to deliver us that sweet, sweet softball news. Of course, I'm always here. Speaking of sweet, sweet news, I believe Katie Otter has our national news for today.
3: You are correct. I am Katie Otter with your national news. Authorities were investigating whether a 14-year-old boy in the Cincinnati area could be Timothy Pitson, who has been missing from Aurora, Illinois, since May of 2011, reports the Chicago Tribune. Yesterday, a woman in Newport, Kentucky, saw a boy leaning against a vehicle and claimed he looked suspicious. Police arrived 15 minutes later to confront him and ended up taking him away in a squad car. The boy told police in Kentucky that he had run away from a couple who had been holding him hostage after fleeing across a bridge over the Ohio River. In May of 2011, Timothy Pitson was picked up from his elementary school by his mother an hour after his father dropped him off. His mom took him on a a two-day vacation that included trips to water parks. When they were staying in a motel, Timothy's mother ended up committing suicide and left a bizarre note saying that Timothy is, quote, with people who love him and will care for him. You'll never find him, end quote. It is now being reported as of 3:40 p.m. this afternoon that the boy claiming to be Timothy Pitson was not actually found, or was not, it was not actually Timothy. The Louisville FBI is reporting that the DNA results of the found teen do not match DNA of Timothy. The FBI is continuing to investigate the true identity of the boy who was claiming to be Timothy Pitson. Lori Loughlin and Felicity Huffman appeared in federal court for the first time in Boston yesterday as the college admissions scandal continues, reports Forbes. Neither actresses were asked to enter a plea and the U.S. attorney in Boston had charged them with conspiracy to commit mail fraud and honest services fraud. While the maximum sentence they potentially face is 20 years in prison, both Laughlin and Huffman will likely face 6 to 21 months in prison if the plea guilty... If they plead guilty, if convicted. So far, four other defendants have pleaded guilty and have agreed to cooperate with the prosecution. Since this investigation is still ongoing, prosecutors still might find and indict more people who may be involved in this scandal. The responsibility of Facebook when it comes to politics and advertisements has come under extreme scrutiny since the 2016 presidential election. In an interview this morning on Good Morning America, Mark Zuckerberg said that, quote, our job is to make the defenses stronger and stronger and to build the right partnerships with other folks in the industry and in the intelligence community to help keep this safe, end quote. And that Facebook will spend more than $5.1 billion on safety and security in 2019, according to Time. Last week, Facebook tightened regulations around political advertising in Europe, but Zuckerberg also says that it is not Facebook job, Facebook's job to set regulations around political advertising, saying, quote, There have been plenty of rules in the past. It's just at that at this point, they're not updated to the modern threats that we face. We need new rules, end quote. President Trump is putting Mexico on a one-year warning after walking back on his threat to shut down the U.S.-Mexican border, reports NPR. He had issued the warning in an attempt to curtail border crossings by asylum seekers from Central America, but now he is giving Mexico 12 months to take action to address his concerns about the ways Mexico handles immigrants traveling through on their way to the U.S., In addition, Trump is also demanding that Mexico crack down on the flow of illegal drugs. If Mexico fails to meet Trump's demands within a year, he says he will impose tariffs on cars as well as go ahead with the shutting of the border. Trump's initial announcement to shut down the border was met by strong opposition from the Republican Party as well as business groups who were worried about severe economic consequences. And that does it for your national news on the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Katie Otter.
1: And thank you for that, Katie. You know, I, I, as as you bring up the thing about the, the border closing, the only thing I can come to mind is all the statistics for how fast avocados would stop being available in grocery stores. I, I think it was within one week.
3: Really? Yeah. yeah. I saw yeah. that, too. Which is...
1: It blows my mind that that's immediately what people jump to rather than the you yeah, know like economic are, issues they
2: need their guacamole. It's what true. I, I do
1: love my avocado, avocado toast. toast. <laughs> <laughs> See without it i'm I'm a I'm a grumpy a grumpy yeah. lad. but you Fox know what Trump. never makes you grumpy
3: <laughs> Oh I have an idea.
1: It's the weather. Well, sometimes the weather does make you grumpy but. It doesn't look like it's going to do that this weekend. Yay! So Friday's looking pretty nice. Partially sunny, partially cloudy with a high of 70 and a low of 39. You know, a little half and half mix, but I'll take it. 70 degrees is pretty sweet. Saturday's going to have a high of 67 and a low of 30, also partially cloudy. And Sunday's going to follow a similar suit of a high of 67 and a low of 40. With Monday definitely following the same stream of partially cloudy with a high of 72 and a low
2: 45. So we're low 70s is the vibe I'm getting.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a perfect little spring weekend. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, nice and cloudy. But not too bad.
2: You know, I'm ready for this.
1: I know. Good needed. scooting weather, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, Katie Honor is currently uh, on a scooter as she, she's about. recovering from a leg surgery. So, If you see somebody scooting about town might be her Mm -hmm. wave wave hello
3: don't
2: throw things at me (laughs) (laughs) please don't but yeah say hey Shout out the Rocky Mountain Review. Anyway, that's all we have for you on the show today. We appreciate you, and thank you so much for listening. We'd like to thank all of our reporters, including Katie Otter, as well as Ren Wadsworth, especially for her ASCSU coverage, Mm -hmm. as well as our reporter, Allison Tackett, for her work with the rodeo and interviewing Hunter Hayes. And, of course, we would like to thank you, Ray McGowan, for your sports update.
1: And I want to thank you for being the co-hostest with the mostest.
2: Aw, oh, thanks, J.D., and I want to thank you. And I can't take your line because you just said it, but you know I mean it.
1: I, I know, from the bottom <laughs> of your heart. Well, keep that dialogue because up next we've got Running by Battery Park, only here on 90.5 KCSU, four Collins.